Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Wednesday. It is the 19th of July. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Governor Kim Reynolds says she plans to appeal a Polk County District judge's ruling to temporarily block a new law that would ban abortion as early as six weeks of pregnancy. IPR's Natalie Krebs has that story. The injunction was issued on Monday. It blocks an Iowa law that bans abortion after cardiac activity is detected until legal challenges are resolved. The bill was passed during a one-day special session last week. The new law is very similar to a 2018 law that was permanently blocked by a deadlock state Supreme Court last month. Reynolds says she's confident the Supreme Court will uphold this new law. I think the bill that we passed is constitutional, especially with the changes that we've seen. So that's why I said that. I feel that it's a good bill. It is law. Um, We passed it. It went into law. Uh, For three days we were saving babies and then the temporary injunction was filed. Reynolds says her office is working with the attorney general and hopes to file an appeal by the end of this week. The governor also says more than 2,600 state workers have transitioned to a different department under Iowa's new reorganization plan. That new law proposes to bring the number of cabinet-level state agencies down from 37 to 16. Reynolds said yesterday state officials are eliminating 500 open positions and maintain they have no plans to lay off any state employees. I think, and through attrition, you know, we're going to continue to look at ways that we can really be lean and mean and just really provide a one-stop shop uh, for, for Iowans. Reynolds says the state government reorganization law is estimated to save the state $215 million over the next four years. Republican U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley says election year politics could be helpful in getting a bipartisan bill through the U.S. Senate. A bill calls for price disclosure in the cattle market, so people who aren't selling cattle under a contract with one of the four big meat packers can find out if the price they're being offered is fair. When it comes to Midwestern people that don't want a contract, they want a daily market, uh, sometimes they can't get a price. If they get a price, it's only about 11% of the daily kill, so they don't know whether it's a fair price because the contract prices isn't in that daily average, and this bill would put it in that daily average. Ten Democrats and a dozen Republicans in Washington are co-sponsoring that bill. The Alzheimer's Association is releasing its first-ever nationwide report. It offers a county-by-county breakdown of the prevalence of that form of dementia. It says the average Alzheimer's prevalence rate in Iowans aged 65 and older is 11 percent. Brianne Fitzgerald is a senior director with the association's Iowa chapter. She says two rural counties top the state's list. Our highest two counties in Iowa were Monona in western Iowa at 12.6 percent and Ringgold in southern Iowa at 12.9 percent. By comparison, the nation's highest incidence of Alzheimer's is nearly four points higher than Iowa at 16.6 percent. That's a three-way tie between Miami-Dade County, Florida, Baltimore City, Maryland, and Bronx County in New York. None of Iowa's 99 counties made the national top 20. Iowa's corn and soybean crops got some help last week from above-normal rainfall. The latest USDA crop update says corn and soybeans are now in their best condition since the middle of June. 
The Capital Dispatch reports about 64% of the state's corn crop is rated good or excellent. That's up from a low this growing season of 56% last month. About 58% of soybeans are rated good or excellent. That crop bottomed out last month at 48%. It was the wettest week in Iowa since early May, although parts of far southern Iowa had little rain. It's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. This month marks a year since the number 988 launched. That's the new easier-to-remember number for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. IPR's Clay Masters talked about the first year of 988 with IPR health reporter Natalie Krebs. Natalie, the one-year anniversary comes at a time when the demand for mental health support is increasing across the country. First off, can you kind of remind us what 988 is again? Yeah, 988 is the new easy-to-remember number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which used to be a 10-digit number. It launched in July of last year. There are 988 call centers in each state, plus a national one for backup. Iowa has two operated by Foundation 2 Crisis Services in Cedar Rapids and Community Crisis Services in Iowa City. All right. So these two organizations are running the lines. Uh, Where are we right now in one year? How's it been going for these two companies? Yeah. So in the first year of 988, Iowa's call centers say they responded to 142% more contacts. So that's calls, texts, online chats. That's as compared to the previous year when it was still that 10-digit number. More than 31,000 Iowans have called 988 in the first year. But Clay, it continues to be a huge undertaking to roll it out. One major challenge that call centers continue to face is finding and retaining staff. Here's Emily Bloom. She's the CEO of Foundation Two. While the work is incredibly rewarding, it is also hard. And so we have people who might start training, but then decide it's not a job for them mid-training and quit. Or they might have a one situation that's really, really intense like an active suicide, and they just are, they just don't want to do the work. On top of that, the state legislature has still not passed any designated funding for Iowa's 988 services like some other states. Um, Iowa Health and Human Services officials have said that they're planning to use temporary federal funding for now to crunch some numbers and then come up with a long-term state funding plan, but that's still unclear what it's going to be. All right. I want to circle back onto something you said. Uh, 988 calls were way up last year. Can you have any kind of an indication as to what's going on because of that? Yeah. So calls to mental health support lines are up overall. So advocates say that's because the last few years have been really stressful. There's the derecho, the 2020 election, followed by the insurrection, and, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. So here's Peggy Huppert, the executive director of NAMI Iowa. She says on top of this, everyone living through these traumas together has sort of loosened some of that stigma around mental health. That's a silver lining from my perspective, is that there's been a, a very much increased awareness and willingness to talk about it. Because so many more people have experienced either anxiety or depression, and they can relate to what that is. But that said, Clay, one finding that really surprised me is that many people just don't know about 988. A Pew Research poll found just 13% of adults know about 988 and what it does. 
Part of that reason here in Iowa is because officials have held off on some big marketing campaigns to advertise it as call centers prepare and work out all the kinks and services. That will likely change in the upcoming months. All right, so looking forward past year one, what's next for this three-digit number? Right. So as I mentioned, figuring out how to fund it in the long run, that's really important. And increasing awareness of the service is also on the radar. An ongoing issue here is having enough crisis intervention services across the state of Iowa so that, you know, someone when they need that in-person assistance, it's not the police who show up. It's a trained mental health professional. So services like this, especially in that western Iowa area, there's like still really sparse. Um, there's also this aspiration to integrate 988 with 911. So if someone calls 911 and need a mental health support, which that happens all the time right now, they can be transferred to 988. Mental health advocates want this, but those who are running 988 call centers say it's like much more technically difficult than it sounds like. So it might be a while before we see any kind of crossover like this. IPR health reporter Natalie Krebs, thanks for the update. Thank you, Clay. That's IPR health reporter Natalie Krebs speaking with our Morning Edition host Clay Masters about the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. And this is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Have a great day.